Welcome to the Iowa Innovation Podcast, powered by Nuboco. This is the show where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony Betters. And I am Rob Merritt, filling in once again for Jessica. Today's guest is Monica Vernon, and Monica is the executive director with District, Czech Village, and New Bohemia. And today we're going to talk about uh, retail business innovation and more specifically how vibrant retail neighborhoods result from innovation uh, post-flood and with uh, the district's programming. Yeah. That was a lot to say, wasn't that, it? That was a lot to say. I, there's a lot that Monica does, and it's kind of hard to cover it all in one sentence. So uh, that was my best shot at it. No, for sure. And of course, once you listen to this podcast, you, you'll be able to understand the, the good nuggets that you'll be able to drop in order for this community to thrive and be able to be more innovative. And we're going to talk about trolleys. Ah, I'm very, very excited about that. So, hey, with that, let's innovate, Iowa. Well, welcome, Monica. You know, hey, for those who are not familiar with the program, can you just kind of give us an overview of what the district does for Czech Village and for New Bohemia? Well, our office, the district office, really works hard to keep the district what we call vibrant, unique, and thriving. We've also added welcoming to that. We, we, we do the things that people think just happen. Um, so we work really hard to... Um, you know, welcome new businesses, help businesses that are already in place to um, find grants and assistance. We uh, we do kind of what old-fashioned chambers of commerce did, uh, promote, um, you know, get the word out. And just we work with our SMID, our taxing district, to make sure there's flowers in the flower boxes. Actually, this year, we helped them get new flower boxes on the New Bohemia side. I actually saw them on the bridge doing that. Is that what you're talking about? Well, they, these are actually on 3rd Street. Okay. Um, on the bridge, um, we did a different thing this year, and I think those flowers are doing pretty well. They look good. Yeah, thank you. So um, <laughs> we've been working with Smith on murals, and so streetscape. So there's a, there's a way to keep people in a stroll or shopping district. And um, I was just talking to part of my team, Erica Ernzen had just gone to a conference and she said, every 20 feet, there needs to be something that engages the stroller, the walker, Mm. Um, whether it's something interactive, whether it's something like pretty to look at or interesting to look at. Uh, Maybe you can go in a place, you could eat something, you could buy something, you could do something. You could um, stand in front of those angel wings over in Czech Village. You could, um, you know, you could do something. So we're always looking for ways to um, draw people in uh, for fun, for, you know, food, for shopping, for for something Mm -hmm. uh, to help our businesses and uh, just keep the thing going. It's not just the businesses. We also have some great cultural institutions as well. For sure. So since you're talking about businesses, I'm actually curious. Um, of course, you know, when you talk about like the landscaping and bringing different things like the walkability of that area, um, how would you say, uh, or if I was a visitor and wanted to come to that area, what would you say would be the best thing for me? And like, what are the different opportunities for me to go see and go, go shop and all that good stuff? Well, one of the things we do is find out like what you're interested in. 
Because, you know, some people want to go to the top of Mount Trashmore. They're really into biking and hiking. And um, we have so much of that now. And with Connect CR, we're going to have even more. Mm -hmm. So um, and then, you know, they may go to SoCo after that and, you know, buy new equipment or maybe before. But um, or there's just people that are foodies. And they want to try out different kinds of restaurants. And so we try to find that out. So a lot of it is a back and forth with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we provide a, a map and lists um, that people can pick up or use a QR code and get right to our website with you know ideas to do. Sometimes we put out things like, here's a, you know, here's a cheap date. You could go on. <laughs> hey, I'm always good for that. <laughs> you know, or here's maybe a more expensive date. We've done that. We worked with some Iowa big kids over at Nuboco one nice. year to do that. And we we have some interns now this summer working on some of that. Just give people an idea. Oh, your family's in town. Here's some things you could do. So we're always looking for that. We do do quite a few retail events each year, and we try to spread those out. Um, we do a charm bracelet build. In the winter time, okay, we get a lot of calls on that. Now, are you the one that's behind the um, the dinner on Lions Bridge? Because oh. I'm actually going to do that for the first time this oh, year. Awesome. My my wife just asked me about it a couple of days ago. She said, "Hey, do you have any interest in this?" And I was like, "I've always heard of this. Yeah. I've never gone to it. So this year, we're going to do it for the I first time." I think I just saw that on Facebook not too long ago. Yeah, that looked it's, pretty cool. It, yes, we are. And when I joined um, down here, we needed to do one big fundraiser, and I've been involved in fundraisers for a, a long time, and I know that. Um, they're a lot of work, but you want to do something that's really interesting, something that maybe is could be on somebody's bucket list. Um, and so, you know, we came up with this site. We were looking kind of around the nation of what people do. And I was at a conference in Florida maybe 10 or 15 years ago, and they this town in Florida, I can't even remember what it was, but they shut down their, like, like if we shut down Czech Village and had lights strung across and all that, and um, when we were kind of thinking about it, someone suggested the bridge. And it just, you know, there's no electricity or water on that bridge, so we do make it happen. But <laughs> Well, there's some water on that bridge. <laughs> yeah, it might not be drinkable. But <laughs> well, it's um, it, this will be our fourth year, so I'm really glad you guys are thinking about coming. We'd love to have you. We change the theme out a little bit each year. It's kind of an elegant picnic. This year we have, um, it's kind of blue and white, and we ordered our napkins. They're like batik, and um, I think they came, uh, I don't know, they came through Etsy. Somebody made them. So it's kind of cool. Um, last year was pretty amazing. We had this really interesting sunset off to the west, nice. um, right behind the the beautiful Czech Museum. We call it sometimes the castle on the hill because <laughs> of how it looks. So here is this ball of fire going down and the photographers are trying to get like the couples with the ball of fire and all this. And then um, it was like, oh, you know, there goes the sun. So the sun sets and then it literally seemed like five minutes later, not to be outdone, the moon rose behind Mount Trashmore. Nice. And really gave the sun a run for its money. You're really getting me hyped up for this. I mean, I'm it excited was. For this Rob's going to come out there with his camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where's that moon? <laughs> I really hope that, um, you know, we don't have any of this smoke from Canada. True. Um, although, although, who knows what that could do to... Yeah. It'll make for some pretty sunsets, yeah. that's for sure. So <laughs> that moon rising, and, and I don't, I'm going to have to check. My dad knows all the stuff like waxing gibbous and all that. But um, this was a 
not quite a full moon, but close. Mm. And it was incredible. And people were just like odd. And I think just being out in nature, when do you just get to sit on that bridge? And it is kind of an intimate, um, it's, it's really fun. So we're, we look forward to it and yeah, we do this. It's our fourth year. I have an idea for a fun, for, for a fundraiser. Um, and so before I moved here to the Cedar Rapids area and of course coming over to the Czech village area, um, one thing in particular stuck with me from Waco, Texas, and we had a place called the check stop. Um, and I will always go, uh, it's actually not in Waco, it's actually in West Texas, so I don't want to get that wrong. Um, every time we pass by to go to either like Hillsboro or go to Dallas, we stopped at the check stop just for the fruit collages, oh, right? Yeah. And oh, so yeah. coming here, I was like, oh, this is cool. But interesting enough, I had no idea what the name of the pastry was at the check stop. And then I come here and they're like, oh yeah, these are collages. And I was like, well, we have collages back yeah. in Texas. You know, I was like, no, this is not a cold. I don't know what you're talking about. But they taste amazing. And I was just thinking, which y'all might have already, um, like a fruit collage bake-off. It's a great idea. Competition. It's hmm. a great idea. Yes. And it's it's also, um, I know when my dad moved here and married my mom, who's of Czech descent, um, she had all these, They're my. they would be my great aunts. So my mom had all these aunts. And they were all Czech. Mm -hmm. And they all made kolaches, their own version. You know, of course, everyone bakes a little differently. And my dad um, put on quite a bit of weight just tasting all of them. And he decided the one that he thought was the best, Aunt Buna, bless her heart, they're all gone now. Mm -hmm. But my mom went out and spent like three days with Buna to learn how to do it. Because they're, you know, it's they have to rise to a certain level. So there, it's it's. I hope it's not a dying uh, craft, but um, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. Like the market mm-hmm. could pick it up, we could do it. But um, there's a a guy that we work with who's with uh, Saint Wenceslaus Church, and I happen to say, well, you know, Saint Ludmill is boy, they those people really know how to make the kolaches. He was rather offended because he thinks. St. Wentz collages are St. Wenceslas are better. See, we got to settle so, it. Here we see, go. you're right. There's already it. a competition. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of really cool programs that you're doing, and a lot of things you're helping to promote uh, promote the area with. How where does funding come from for that? Like what uh, what what keeps the district going, and and how do you keep things? How do you keep the doors open year to year? So the city helps us out. And um, they basically, our dollars from the city come from their uh, economic development bucket and their, and the hotel motel. Uh, we, we compete for that. And uh, the county uh, is also in there. Uh, we ap- apply for grants. And we have friends of the district. And um, our little businesses, we're a 501c3. We don't have members, but we do have participants who sign up to um, get a little bit uh, higher level of just promotion. And basically those dollars kind of help us defray just printing costs and things like that. So, um, you know, it's kind of a hodgepodge. And then we do have that one big fundraiser uh, dinner on the bridge. So uh, there are, we have 2.5 employees Two, uh, two full-time and one part-time. We always have a lot of interns in if we can find them. And right now, this summer, we have three, and we're nice. really excited about them. So uh, mostly what our dollars pay for is people, 
and um, to have an office. And we're right near Goldfinch Cyclery. We're in the second floor of that red building. Um, and it's kind of cool. I can see uh, both archways over the 16th Avenue Bridge, and we're right there a block from the city market, and yet we can get over to the west side very easily too. So it's a it's a good place. Um, and then so much of the promo we do is just through partnershiping and, you know, things like that. So, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about innovation and, mm-hmm. you know, ways that you, and I imagine working, working with a small team and doing some of these events that you're doing, um, there's a lot of innovation involved, a lot of creative thinking. Um, are, are there any specific examples of, of where you've had to get pretty innovative in the last couple of years um, in order to, in order to keep, in order to keep getting the message out there? Oh, like we innovate every day. (laughs) Um, I built a market research firm for um, 26 years and, um, you know, I can't even draw a stick person, but I I know I'm creative because I'm kind of a creative business person. So like, for example, with Dinner on the Bridge, the first year we had this big long table and I thought, you know, I'm going to save money. It's a fundraiser. We're going to just, I'm going to buy the longest piece of fabric ever. And that'll be a lot cheaper than any tablecloth I would buy. Well, it's really windy on that. And um, we were trying to put it on and a few of us were almost airborne. Mm-hmm. So um, the first year, I remember Mary Kay McGrath went around and bought out those clips that go on to picnic tables to keep your, you know, um, I think the dollar stores were wondering what the heck is going on. The next <laughs> year, what we did is we, I looked all over the internet and I found these things that are like shower caps that go on round tables. And that's what we've used ever since. Um, but, you know, you learn, like, you don't need the most expensive. You buy the cheapest. Um, y- you know, we we do all kinds of things. Like, um, on, the, on the bridge, I wanted to have pretty flowers there. But um, we had these old baskets there. I don't know. We tried to do some stuff with them. This year, what I realized is it's blowing all the time. I used garbage bags to make those. Um, to make a, a pot. Okay. And I didn't, I wanted it to keep it black like the, the color of the um, light posts yeah, yeah. so that the red of the flowers would pop out. And I did some research over three different summers and found those ones are the best for a hot summer. They're actually for a hot, dry summer. <laughs> so, um, well, know, that works out. I know, I know. <laughs> so, you know, we also, with our events, we do, like, we, we created the Charm Bracelet Build. We've gotten calls from all over the country. We provide a little bracelet, and then all of our merchants who want to participate, and we always have, like, 30-some. I think last year it was 38. They give a little charm to put on it. And at first, you know, some people think it's like a really cheap plastic thing, but some of the, I mean, they're not sterling silver or anything, I want to tell you but um you know you can get 30 to 38 you know somewhere in there just by walking around and we do it in february people have said oh you should do this in july it would really be a hit but we do it in february because everybody wants that bracelet but you got to trudge from store to store what i know from market research is you know just like why do they hand out food samples well you're not going to buy something unless you've tasted it well you're probably not going to go in a store unless you've tasted it. Mm. So like if we get people in a store, and then what I do is I secret shop behind people and act like I'm just one of them, and then I hear what they're saying, and it's amazing how they'll say like, wow, 
I've never been in this place, SoCo. I thought it was like a gymnastics place or, you know, something <laughs> like that. They'll, and I think, mm, let me, I'm going to tell SoCo that. And I'm also going to, and we heard so many people the first year say, I've never been in here. Look at that. You're doing this market research, just walking around. It's so, it's town. pretty cool. So, you know, that's, that's fun. We've also had a lot of calls on dinner on the bridge. Um, I, you know, we do a cider stroll. Uh, we just, uh, you know, we do those things, and we've had to make them so that it's not a hard thing for us to put them on. Um, we do tiki tour. You know, people dress up south of the border, whatever tiki means to them. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are coming in, um, you know, with parrot costumes yeah, on and like the hula coconuts, dresses. and other people are think it's Hawaiian, but you know, we don't <laughs> my care. Brain, my brain went right to Hawaii. Same. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, it's uh, there's so many, you know, countries and places. Mm-hmm that um, are a lot warmer than we are. But once it gets to be June, everyone here just, you know, wants to break out the shorts. And, well, there's a nice day in March we break out the shorts. But that to us is official summer. And we get people, and it's the same thing. I don't even, you know, every once in a while I'll go behind some people and listen. But it's really about, and, and it's about getting people here. So the other thing we've realized is, there's kind of an echo chamber, and you guys are part of the district. So you know, like, some more things, even when you're new and from Texas. You kind of get to know this is, you know, your, your work neighborhood, even if you don't live here. We know that there is just almost an infinite number of people that are north of 42nd Street in Cedar Rapids that have never been down here. Hmm. Or it reminds me of after the flood, we told people, please don't come down to the downtown Cedar Rapids. And I remember like five years later, some woman wrote a postcard to the city of Cedar Rapids and said, can we come downtown now? So you have to kind of be careful. Like when, you know, we're open for business, we'd love to see you. And um, uh, one of our our staff members, our part-timer, Ann Poe, who's also on city council, went to Kennedy High School. And she was getting together with a bunch of women that were in her class. And she said, why don't we all meet down at, you know, some restaurant here? I think it was Lucky's or Checktown Station. And one of the women said, I've been dying to come down here, but I just haven't ever been down to the district. You know, and we're just like, oh, my gosh. But bless her heart. You know, she she said, this is awesome, and I'm coming back. So yeah. we just have to get people in. And I call it getting out of our echo chamber. That's that's actually uh, interesting that you say that because so I'm on the community development um, innovation council at the Economic Alliance, and we were just thinking about, of course, how can we make um, downtown Cedar Rapids, you know, a little more interesting, right? And so I came up with this idea, of course, because you know people, of course, go to the Czech um, side, uh, Nubo side, and also go down to uh, downtown Cedar Rapids. So I was like, okay. A lot of places that people go, of course, there might be drinking involved. There might be different activities involved, right? Like, what if we had a trolley that touched all three of those places that people, you know, especially visitors, can be able to come down and hit all these three different spots? And that would make, you know, the experience a little more enjoyable instead of them being able to stay in one area. Because, you know... Big Grove, they're coming into town, and mm-hmm. so they might. A lot of visitors might be attracted to be more over there, um, and so I'll just that was just my 
big idea. Anthony, if you bring a trolley into Cedar Rapids, you're going to be my new best hey, friend. Hey, I hope, I hope so. Sounds Anthony, so I cool. It's still on the list that. right now. You're a man on, after my own heart. I, when I was on, still on city council, we were <clears> talking about first and first being a place for a casino. And I thought, you know, from the moon, it looks like next door, but that bridge can be cold and wide and, you know, you're talking, you're asking someone to walk four blocks yeah. from the hotel to the casino. And so what I think it needs to be is it needs to be fairly linear. It needs to, you know, start at the double tree. And um, right now, without that, maybe you go straight south on 3rd Street, and then you go 16th Avenue over the bridge. Maybe you go around the little roundabout over here at the museum because that's one of the biggest draws. You obviously would stop in front of the um, city market, mm-hmm. and then you're going to go to the end of Czech Village, and but you and know what you can call that though? What? Check stop. That's right. Oh, oh. the check stop. <laughs> and maybe the county would help us. I just think I love that, and I've been pushing it since. Uh, I mean, I know the council would all roll their eyes and stuff. I also think if you if we do it, we got to do what I like to call go big or go home, mm-hmm. because it's like so many things. If you don't put that, well, we're gonna only run it on Saturdays when we have a parade or a festival between these months and these. No, you gotta like I think it's gotta run from seven a.m. to eleven p.m. like seven days a week, and what that's gonna do is we won't have to build any more concrete. Uh, parking ramps because just think about it you can park anywhere in the loop Mm. and then you can be somewhere else or my husband who works downtown could come down here and have lunch with me or I could go up there and have lunch with him and because that thing is coming every five minutes and I also think one needs to go this way I don't know if I can do this it doesn't go to in the air here, but <laughs> if you can do this and then... Everybody, Monica's making circles with her fingers <laughs> right nobody now. Nobody can see one, you right now, Monica. Some go, you know, one way and some go the other. So the other one goes straight west over to First and First and then down past the McGrath, um, uh, I should know that name, McGrath <laughs> Amphitheater, past the county building, down to Czech Village. But if you have that going, it reminds me of when I was in college in Canbus at the University of Iowa, you just learned it. You just knew the canvas, and you could kind of, you know, outsmart it. Okay, I'm here, and the canvas is going to be there. You know, you just got to know that, and um, that's what we need. We That's how you get people riding public transportation, too. And somebody said to me, well, and it was probably some really smart person from Nuboco who said, well, you know, everybody should just have an app, and then if you want to ride somewhere, you just push that, and come, it'll come get you. But see, I think the trolley itself is a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. It's That's a way to teach kids in a place like this how to ride public transportation. That's a great point. You know, I did a study on um, the, for the bus system here, and I did a study on several bus systems around the state. And um, I took my little kids. It was our spring break thing one year. It was the last year I could fake them out that this is really cool, the spring break thing. <laughs> um, and um, we rode all the bus routes in Cedar Rapids. But our kids then now live in these major cities, which you know is, makes me sad because I don't see them that often, but they never had a problem with public transit because they learned to ride the systems here. And we don't always have that. And I was a volunteer candy striper. Do they still say candy striper? I'm not sure. We were volu- I was a volunteer never at the hospital. I love it. I love that. Or do you have to wear a... Yeah, the shirt. The shirt oh, had like cool. this like this candy stripe pattern. But yeah, no, I was a volunteer at Mercy Hospital when I was like, you know, 
13 or 14. And yeah, I had to ride the the city buses in order to go because, you know, obviously couldn't drive yet. And so same thing. That was how I learned public transit and was hugely helpful. And uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to see more kids do that. See, Iowa Innovation Podcast, ideas for your life. Hey. <laughs> Wait, I think John Tash already has that, but yeah. you get the idea. <laughs> Just might. <laughs> um, okay, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening downtown, and yet, I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, you know, all they do anymore is they buy stuff online and they talk about how, you know, going out to shop is dead and, you know, and, and people talk about that kind of thing. I'm, I'm curious, why is it so important to support retail storefronts in downtown Cedar Rapids and in the Czech Village and in New Bohemian neighborhoods? Because what impact does that have as opposed to everyone buying online and staying home? Well, I mean, when you have customers in your store, you know, you can really see what they want. It helps. Um, I mean, I think innovation does start there. But I also know from, you know, years in market research, 26 years, and I did a lot of product to market work. um, The more you go away to online, the more it's non-personal, the more impersonal you get, the more personal becomes important. So it's almost like this, it's this dichotomy thing. I, you know, sometimes I call it the, you know, diet Pepsi, hot fudge, you know, kind of phenomenon. But, you know, when you can just order stuff online and this impersonal thing, you sort of do that. And I think it goes to things that are less personal uh, or not, uh, not available in your area. Um, and then y- you really crave that one-on-one with a, a shopkeeper. So I think that, you know, the, the specialty stores, the stores that really um, engage in one-on-one conversations with customers, that where customers can go and, you know, touch the merchandise and feel it. And I, I mean, I try to do so much shopping in this, in this district, but I was looking with my daughter who had to take something back to uh, Von Maur. She got two baby books that were the same. And there was this, it, they call it for tummy time. It's this funny dog-looking thing on the wall. I touched it. <laughs> that was the end for me. She got a $62 tummy time thing that looks like a dog sent to her in Denver, Colorado, like the next week, because I couldn't quit thinking about it. Because what? I touched it. Oh. And the woman said, aren't those amazing you know, first they're doing t- little tummy time, and then they can pull on those ribbons, and then they drag it around, and then, you know, when they get a little bit older and they're in softball or something like that, the dog takes it up. And, you know, this thing just lasts forever in the family. Well, I mean, I got goosebumps. She was standing over here looking at something else, and I thought, this is going to be a surprise that comes to her. But it's the it's the um, sensory experience mm. that we all crave, and you don't get that online. You can't get it. So I think that there's this, the more you go way out here, the more you, and actually we try to train the shopkeepers, listen, um, because they do stuff online, it, it becomes even more important that you're personable, that you greet everybody, that maybe they don't want you right behind, you know, over their shoulder, but that you're there for them if they have a question. So I think, you know, we have people who really believe in their products down here and who get really excited about customers. And so I think that's, and that is part of also that 20 steps, 
you know, we they've hired a, a big consultant for downtown, and I think that's great. I applaud that. But I also know that just do the 20 steps downtown and then look around. If if And I thought about this when I was on city council. You know, we need something that really says on 3rd Street, pick the, pick the streets, you have to have retail. And every time there's missing a missing tooth of retail upstairs here, um, it, it's like everything goes dark. And, it, and there isn't anything like exciting your eyes or your, you know, one of your senses. So um, that's, I think, how you get, you make it a stroll district, you get innovation, you get all kinds of things because you get people excited and thinking and that's so cool and this is what we need. And, right. Yeah. And so tell me if I'm wrong or not, but should or is those, uh, let's say like, hey, you should have retail here. Is that implemented in the zoning? For the city? Well, yeah, it can be. And that's why I was saying, I think I'm in that council with you, but I was saying when, in one that's of That's probably these, where we saw each other. I know. Ah, there it is. We finally got it. <laughs> you know, that's why, and I know he's got all kinds of things he wants to take people through, but really you got to have partnership from your city. And I know the city is very interested in doing whatever it takes, but it, it really is. You have to have life down on the street. Mm-hmm. And when when the big department stores went away, and even the little one stores followed um, are are basically mostly city fathers. Then were you know were pretty smart. They thought, look, we can do this. We're going to fill all those with service industries. And so what you have is you walk by and here's some stockbroker working on a computer, but you can't interact with him. There's no place. You, you got to be able to buy something or taste something or smell something or. You know, that's what makes a lively downtown. Mm. Why do people love New York City? You know, those that have actually been there and experienced it end up really loving it. Or any town, like small towns, why do they look at Czech Village and say, wow, because every 20 feet there's something to look at or do or go in, something you can buy, something you can feel, something you can touch, taste, there's an experience for you. Well, yeah, and so with that, sorry, you might you might be touching on the same question I was going to talk about. I, I bet I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we had a podcast with uh, Mayor Tiffany O'Donnell, yeah. and she was talking about, of course, the retention level of employees. Nailed it. That is exactly ah, what I was going to bring up. We're here. We're right here, brother. See, we're I team, man. It. I love it. <laughs> she was talking about the retention level of employees, but also um, people moving to the downtown area, and also in the Czech area there. There's places to live as well, right? Um, but I know, like, when driving around, like, sometimes people might not be able to see them because they might be on top of, like, a restaurant or something like yeah. that, right? So could you speak on, like, the, the retention level of the employees that are pretty pertinent to the businesses in that area? Because I've been seeing a lot, a lot of places they've been saying, hey, we got to close early just because of our employees. You know, like we're having mm-hmm. people call off. We just can't get anybody to be a good hire. Could you be able to talk about that and also the importance of people living in these, um, the downtown Czech mm-hmm. or Nubo area? Well, first of all, there's a huge demand. People want to live um, downtown. They want to live in Czech Village, New Bohemia, uh, the core four. Mm-hmm. We don't want to forget Kingston Village either. Um, they want to live there. And I remember... 15, 20 years ago, we started seeing that in studies, and people were like, really? People would want to live downtown? Um, all you have to do is look at the coast and see, 
you know, um, I lived ha- downtown for a while. I lived in Water Tower for a few years. Yeah. I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah. And that was even that was before um, the the New Bohemia district kind of blew up because yeah. I, w- I lived there like in 2009, 2010. Yeah, and you were a little early. Yeah. So it was really <laughs> cool then. And like I, I come back downtown now and I look at it and I'm like, I miss this. I really miss this. It's so, so nice to be able to like come downstairs and be out on the street and you can either get on your bike and get on a trail or go somewhere or you can walk to get like good coffee or grab something to eat or meet someone. I mean, I think it... It just evokes, um, like, you know, what people loved about small town living or just um, the old days before everyone just got in their car and went somewhere. I think that the you were talking about retention a little bit earlier. I don't think that any challenge we have here, which we have it like everywhere, uh, with just not having, I, we really see it in our restaurants, not having enough people to work. I don't think that's like we've lost employees. Mm-hmm. I think that might be, and I'm going to wade into political stuff here, but I think that might be the state of Iowa. You know, we need to welcome people. I, I feel really strongly that, you know, we're a nation of immigrants, we're a state of immigrants, that we're a city of immigrants. Um, I was on the Jane Boyd board and what they played, I remember there was some statistic about 36 different nationalities were served by the Jane Boyd uh, wow. group over all these years. And, you know, I went home and I, I went over to my parents and I was telling my mom said, well, we were Czech immigrants and they served us. And all the different immigrants um, that went to work in our, in our um, factories and in our stores and restaurants, um, you know, some cultures, they're restaurant people. They came and started their restaurants. Okay. So, you know, I I think that being able to live nearby, um, you know, the guy that runs St. Pio, they live right upstairs. Okay. What a cool thing. When I first started on City Planning Very Commission. Very convenient. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when I first started on City Planning Commission, that was illegal in the, in the city of Cedar Rapids to live above your place. Really? Yes. It was illegal. And I thought, wow, um, my grandpa was a corner grocer and my mom, they always lived above or behind the store. And I started doing some research on this. And, you know, you think about, like, climate and all that kind of stuff. Wow, you just go downstairs. Yeah. Um, and now they do live workspaces. I know in Des Moines there's people that have done them and looking at it here. Um, you know, I think Ray Gunn started in a place like that where he could just be upstairs and, and have the store downstairs. So, um, you know, I think we have to be more open-minded and work with our um, with immigrants and open up to people who want a better life and uh, will come here. I know Governor Ray welcomes so many uh, Vietnamese and Laotians here, and I just think about how that impacted my life. I was a little kid and had no idea what he was doing, yeah. <laughs> but um, a Vietnamese woman made my wedding dress. A Laotian woman taught our kids, you know, basic French. Um, you know, little pig, little pig, petty cochon, petty cochon. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I even sort of know a few words, nice. but you know, that came from that culture. Right. Um, thank you. Thank you to somebody for bringing that in and making it a more welcoming place. And I think of all places, uh, Czech village and new Bohemia have, um, this feeling of, you know, everyone's welcome and we need to continue to work on it. But I think that that idea helps us to retain. I mean, there are there's a company here that um, shouldn't be a storefront. Think safe. Um, she's done really well. She's over here on the corner of kind of what is that 12th Avenue and C Street. 
Um, but like she said, so many of her employees are, are tech people, and they really don't want a, her to move out on the edges of town. They love being here. They can buy homes that are uh, more affordable than if they were working in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. way more more right. affordable. Make that Silicon, Silicon Valley money out here, though. Yeah, so um, we hope they all do really well. So I, I just um, we're working really hard to um, get uh, more more housing, and it's coming. Well, and we've we've talked on the show before about local housing as it relates to young people. You know, it's it's harder and harder to buy a home. And are there things that you think are should make living downtown or living in the New Bohemia area especially attractive to younger people? Are there things? that would appeal to them more than, say, older residents? Well, we, um, after the flood, uh, we uh, worked with Jack Hatch to do the first, I think it was the first, affordable housing. So when people listen to this, you know, people think, well, affordable, that's kind of um, a subjective concept. But if you look at the federal meaning of it, you know, there's low-income housing, and then there's affordable, and then there's market rate. So affordable is sort of the working poor or the, people who are working, but they don't have the means to go and, like you're saying, buy a house. Uh, certainly not a, you know, 4,000 square foot, you know, that many people aspire to f- for a long time. Um, he came in and did that, and I know that there were some builders here that were like, well, how come he's getting that money from the Iowa Finance Authority? Well, because he knows how to do it. Hmm. So maybe others should do that. And um, I just love seeing that competition and, you know, hey, I can do that kind of idea. And we needed that after the flood. So I think he built three and he's got another one going near the post office. And they kind of have you can kind of tell his stuff. It sort of looks a lot alike. But because of that, we have so many buildings that have affordable housing in them. And I think that really helps this district. So, um I was community development director of the council back in those days, and I remember saying to staff, well, how many of these do you turn in? Because 10 of them made it through their requirements. 10 buildings. None of them Jack Hatch anymore. Other, I love that, you know, capacity building. And they were like, well, two or three. And I said, send them all through. We got seven. And we got the other three the next year. And then it just kept going from there. So... Yes, we still need more housing. I don't want to act like that. There's housing needs all over the nation. But I think also new generations and even empty nesters are saying, you know, we don't need all this room. We don't need all this stuff. We need quality of life. We want to live near where we we work. We want to be able to, we don't want to spend all that time in the car. We want our kids to, you know, experience the city. Um, and that's something I think Cedar Rapids has always kind of been able to do. Um, my kids, their cousins have lived in bigger cities. And one thing we notice is that, you know, like the Denver cousins will say, well, they did this and they did this, meaning like this big glob of whoever is running Denver, Colorado. Where my kids say, well, we did this and we did this. And I'm thinking, really, you did that? <laughs> but they felt like, you know, because they could read the Gazette and they could it's big enough but small enough here. And I think that should help us with welcome and with retention. 
and with solving so many problems. You definitely spend a lot more time in your car in Denver. I mean, I, I have uh, I have in-laws who live there. And, you know, we go to visit. If we go anywhere, it takes 40 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. longer sometimes to drive somewhere. And that's just like, you know, to go shopping or something like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think about when I grew up in Cedar Rapids, and, you know, you joke about driving all the way to the other side of town. <laughs> 15 minutes. That, that takes 20 minutes, man. That's a long drive. And it's uh-huh. not. I mean, it's so funny. We, you know, things are much more accessible here in terms of you, you don't spend as much time in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I agree. I think that's a huge perk of, yeah. of being here. Um, I'm sort of curious, Monica, because you have... You know, you've been such a, a key part of this city for such a long time with, with Vernon Research Group and with your time on the council uh, and now working with the district. What is it about living and working in Iowa and in Cedar Rapids that continues to inspire you and, and keep you here? Because obviously you could go somewhere else, but there's something about this place that keeps you here and keeps you, keeps you uh, engaged. What is that? Well, I love having, I love being able to create stuff and kind of look at something that's there isn't anything there and and make something happen. That's just me and you know I was talking about this Novak Plaza um, which is in front of the MUCA um, meets Iowa mural. I've been told that not everyone knows what that is, but it's across from the clock tower. Um, here's something that I decided recently. This is really exciting for me. So we. Mary Kay McGrath and I just designed the place. And it's um, the first person that kind of was going to design it made it very square. But if you look at that mural, it's very curvy. It has it doesn't have any square corners. And um, I took a, a course at the University of Iowa and it was um, um, talked about Native American culture and how, you know, they just don't like those corners. And, and so we looked at the MUCA thing and thought, yeah, he got it back then. So we made these sidewalks really curvy. And we also kind of believe that, like, just having the one park bench here and the one park bench there, that's not really conducive, like, what you're supposed to, like, look at each other. And so with everybody sitting outside and stuff, so we decided, so you got to go look at it, but it's like the circle with these circles that evoke what's in the painting. And then we're going to put, and I've got them on order, six, three six-foot benches that kind of form a like let's talk kind of area. And we really want it to be like a place that beckons people with their family and friends to come and sit a while and maybe they bring their carry out or just a cup of coffee or a nice tea or something. And then I thought, you know, we really need a coffee table. Well, go through all the commercial, you know, you gotta, if it's gonna sit out in Iowa winters, you're learning from Waco. it's got to be really strong. So I'm looking at all the commercial stuff. They don't have any coffee tables. They have some bistro tables. They have those picnic tables, which are so hard to get into, especially if you're an out of, if you're wearing a skirt or a dress. So we're making a coffee table. Good. And I bought a, a an old uh, kind of a furnace plate that probably sat in the, in the uh, floor of a Victorian home. And it's got all this filigree. And I've got this iron worker that's going to work with me, and he has to make it larger. But we're going to make a coffee table and then have it powder coated. And it's what we want is we want this place to be like an enchanted garden. 
So then I came up with, after watching the people in Waco, Texas. And Chip all, and Joanna. Chip and Joe. Yep. And all these HGTV shows, they're taking away these, and I just kind of think of them as grandma houses, these old ironwork columns that had the kind of the roses going up them, or some of them had like oak leaves on them. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but there have to be tons of them in salvage yards. Hmm. We're going to make an arbor at the back of this thing so that from the museum they can point people down and we're going to have Iowa wild roses grow over it. Nice. And so, you know, just to be able to make something that was just a vacant lot before, and this is really the SMID commission and I'm, I'm their administrator, you know, they're funding it and all that. But, um, you know, that's creativity and that's making something that wasn't there and something you can put your hand, your fingerprints on. My name won't be there. But I don't care about that. If you don't care about that, you can do so many things. Right. And so, and that's what I struggle with. I'm not going to lie to you, Monica, is looking at a blank canvas and trying to come up with something. Because, like, we just, even for, like, my apartments, um, all I need, I don't even need any pictures on the wall. Just give me a couch, a TV, and a stove, and I'm good, right? But now I'm moving in with my partner. Like, she has, like, this imagination, which is just wild, right? And I'm just like... I've never thought about that, right? And so I feel like with people that have that knack to be able to look at something and be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to create something awesome with this. It's something, it's mm-hmm. a gift that you have. Oh. Um, and I'm Thank sure you. this area, um, the check in Nubo, you, you instead of saying Nubo, you want to call it New Bohemia District, correct? Yeah. Um, needs, needs that and needs that thought. And so, because you've been with them for about, Four years, almost yeah. five years, right? Yeah, over and, four. Yeah, and even then, I've I've seen um, different things kind of move and shake around. Even when we touch back and talk about St. Pio's, because I remember that used to be a bank, right? A I'm, long time yeah, ago, a it was long a time bank, ago. and then it was a it was a Von Presley Studios for a while. Was it? Uh, Elizabeth and I Von think Presley it was, was a tattoo place, and yep. um, uh, the Lawflers had their uh, their corner store apothecary there, and. Now they're across the street, so it's been a lot of things. But yeah. isn't that beautiful? It is. And then he designed that, it, and so and that's creative, which is incredible. Itself, yeah, right. And so, so yeah, that's Mary just a Kay testament. Mary helped him, but um, yeah, you know, one of the things I've learned, if you want to get this stuff done, um, there's nothing like a partnership either. Mm-hmm. You know, we were looking at our Trashmore challenge, and oh my goodness, you know, it was a lot of work, and and um, we were upside down with the dollars. And, you know, I ended up, I remembered, God, I know Mar- I know um, Char- Carmen McShane at the Solid Waste Agency. I'm going to give her a call. And today, Erica Ernst from our office works with Zach there. And, you know, the load is lighter. We have more people participating. We have people that come in from out of town and just take off on it for, you know, 10 days. They don't quite get to Everest, but... Um, you know, we had the first year, I think we did it, we had 35 Everest. They, uh, If you climb it 140 times, that's the equivalent of Everest, mm-hmm. the height of Everest. And way less cold. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think this last year we had 45, or I'm getting it mixed up, and it was 45 and 55. But um, I remember, I, and this is like how we innovate, we had 80 people show up for this. We give them a medal at the end, kind of like the Olympics. 
And this woman came up to me. She goes, I don't even, I'm here with my sister. I probably shouldn't even be here. And I was like, really? What? Why? And she goes, well, I only went up a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I hate to tell her I went up like eight, eight times that summer, you know? And I said, a hundred times? Oh my God, you deserve your own medal. So I'm hoping this year we can do medals at other levels because, you know, it's a climb. Right. Well, Monica, thank you so much for coming on. This yes, has been a great you. conversation. And, uh, and I mean, you've been such a fantastic champion for the district. It's really, really cool seeing some of the things that are going up. And I, for one, am looking forward to uh, sharing a drink with Anthony. Wait, chairs in here? What's uh, going we're, on? We're going to share a drink uh, on the bridge. There we go. Uh, in another, Ooh, another couple of months. Hey. So, cheers. Cheers. We, we all have cheers it. Cheers. Yeah, all of you. <laughs> yeah. all, we're, we're all drinking all water, y'all, by the way. Yes, yeah, we're all drinking water. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Monica. Yep. Thank you for having me. Yes, Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much to our guest, Monica Vernon, for coming on the show. You can learn more about the district at thedistrict.org. That's the-district.org. And if you love this show, please subscribe and leave a review. Please leave a review and just let us know what you think about this amazing podcast. You can also visit our blog at nubo.co slash blog to find key takeaways summarized and detailed. This podcast is produced and distributed by Upload Media Group in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, go to uploadmediagroup.com. Finally. We would love it if you would consider a donation to Nuboco. Your contributions to our nonprofit help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs across the state of Iowa. To learn more, please visit nubo.co slash donate. Well, Anthony, as always, it's fun to crash your party again. I, uh, I, I've... I was not expecting to get this many opportunities to guest host this season, but uh, but it's been really fun every time. Hey, at this point, you share 50-50 with Jessica, so... I think that's true. It she's, is okay. She's, there's no way she's going to let that stand. I'm pretty, <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure I'm not coming back for a while, because she's going to be like, no, no, we can't have it. Hey, it's always going to have you on, though, brother. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.